Come on in. Today on The Madness Show, we're talking about taking thoughts captive in this elevator ride, this 45-minute elevator ride. And so today I brought two special guests. They're awesome. They're married. And they're just pure greatness. So without further ado, I'm just going to introduce them. They're going to say a little bit about themselves and kind of their background as we because the subject today is taking thoughts captive. They're both coaches. They're both awesome at what they do. And I think you're going to get a lot of out of what we talk about today. I just need to get the proper sound effects ready for each one of them. All right. Our first person is my friend, Rose Watson. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much. You can, you can be seated. You can, oh, stop. Yeah, she, stop she brought a big cheering section. <laughs> and uh, I can't say the same for this next guest. Everyone give it up for Rose's husband, Michael Watson. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, honey, for clapping for me. <laughs> that was me and, me and Rose clapping. So I would love for you guys to just share about your your coaching and just a little bit about what you do to kind of tell the people where you're at and kind of what you do. Would you like to take the lead? Sure. Um, we're both certified coaches through the Life Coach School, which is uh, was started by Brick Castillo a little, probably about 10 years, a little more than 10 years ago. Um, <clears throat> I would say that Rose is... She's probably like a Jedi at the mind stuff. So I would call her like a mind Jedi and I'm more of a, a Padawan. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm learning, like I'm certified, uh, just recently got certified. But of course I've been around it for the last eight or nine years while Rose has been a certified coach. So while I've been forcing coaching on you, was there, was there a time in your marriage that you were like getting in this deep conversation in the kitchen and you're like, wait, are you coaching me? Like, has that ever happened? Well, there's been a million times where I was like, stop coaching me. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Like, <laughs> I don't pay you for this. My, uncle, my uncle Terry is married to a psychologist. And so, of course, when you meet them, you're like, I know you're thinking my inner child and my, you know, I thought she was like assessing me the whole time. So I didn't know if you felt like. Oh, self-conscious. You coach me right now? Um, and so tell them kind of what you, your well, and the reason why I want to do this podcast is they did a class for the people in our church called Taking Thoughts Captive, which is the subject we're going to talk about today. Um, but maybe give them like, you know, when you buy a book and you see the back of it and there's like that little paragraph, kind of tell people just a snippet about that class, like and how you came to to do it. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I came to do it because after you and Dr. Ledbetter led a couple of um I don't know how many, really like 20 sermons. <laughs> I kept thinking, wow, like this is... Half of 2020. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because we all needed it, you know, um, the mental, just the mental health side of things. I kept thinking, wow, like I know how to help people take every thought captive the way that we're being, like we know we need to and the way the Bible tells us to. And we have practical tools, Michael and I, um, and we can we can help people. So we put the class together and... Um, did it for the men and for the women, and it was it was actually really awesome. So the whole idea about it was just, hey, here's some practical steps of how you can actually rewire your brain 
to think about yourself the way God thinks about you rather than a lot of the ways a lot of us think about ourselves. Or your mom or dad or someone in your past that made you think bad about yourself. Yeah. Breaking that off you. Cosmo magazine, <laughs> like how you should be thinking about your body or <laughs> how you think about your weight or what you should look like. Or You, you ever read that? You ever struggle with that, Mike? Reading Cosmo <laughs> all the time. Well, just <laughs> about your body image. <laughs> 100%. I did read a GQ one time or a Cosmo or something like that. I was oh, no. going to the bathroom. That's the only magazine. And I was like, like, I think I was, I'm pretty sure I was single at the time. And the magazine cover said like top 10 things that women think are sexy or uh, attractive. And I was like, man, I'm going to see if there's any hope in here for me. <laughs> Long and behold, the number one thing, because it said turn to page 53 and find out, and it was like the number one was sense of humor. I'm like, thank you, God. It's not triceps or biceps because I have no chance. Um, shout out to Sarah Bell, no my chance. wife. You know, they're there. <laughs> I have abs underneath the flabs. No, I'm just playing. Uh, but, you know, it was just kind of cool to, you know. Not that I picked up, I didn't sign up for the subscription like, oh man, like I got to get this. I mean, Um, I think in all fairness, everybody struggles with a lot of those things. Yeah. I mean, you know, we pick it up from all these places. Well, at least GQ is a little bit more, I don't know, doable. That sounds like realistic compared to Cosmo. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, And this kind of episode piggybacks off last episode where we talked about your perception being reality and I'll kind of catch you guys to it. We talked about the victim mentality and the blessed mentality and how, Whatever you perceive, you're kind of living that, and then your your thoughts turn into your words, turns into your actions and your habits and all these different things. And so I want to dig in and talk about practical steps that people listening to this, because as Michael said, everyone at some point or somehow, they really struggle with thoughts. And people, um, one of the things right off the bat that just happened to me um, is I, I ran into someone that really struggled with the idea that, like... We all have this, right? You're, you're talking to someone, like I'll be preaching a sermon and then I'll have like a picture in my brain of like a cat getting hit by a semi-truck. And I'm like, am I a bad person? Because I had this stupid thought just enter in my brain and this person was held captive by the idea that just because a random thought would pop up that they were feeling condemned. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of freedom when I said, hey, Jesus was tempted in every kind of way. You know, so it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to your temptation. But... Like you said, God knows how he built us in our brains and how, you know, the brain sends the signals to the body to, to move and to do all these things. And so it really piggybacks well off the last episode. So I'm really excited for people to hear um, just take away some nuggets today of like practically how do I take, you know, thoughts captive, some steps that you guys do personally that can help people out. And like I said, today, guys, it's free. <laughs> Absolutely free today. Um, so... Uh, if you do want more, like I said, they do have a coaching practice because I know people will listen to this. Shout out to the two of you in Alaska that have been listening and have been faithful. Woo! The Lord bless you and keep you and shine his face upon you. And shout out to world's biggest Madness Show fan, Cecil Keithley. Thank you. Um, so I guess I'll start with Rose. What are, and, and maybe together we play off each other, like what are some things that you guys do individually, maybe as a married couple, um, to take thoughts captive or just kind of starting us out with this subject? Yeah, well, we work with a model for that. So I'm going to teach you about it. Michael looks like a model. Accurate. Very, it's not natural. Very handsome. <laughs> a hand model. No, I'm But yeah, he's... Um, so we, yeah, we have quite a few tools, but the one I'm going to teach you about today is the model, and we'll talk about that. And um, it's fascinatingly easy 
to do. And I say like, I like that part of our practice. Mine individually is I'm a, I'm a huge writer. Um, I didn't used to be, but it's just benefited me so much. And so now I write basically every single day about, yeah. about most things. So we get our thoughts out on paper so that we can see them. And then we work from there using what I'm going to teach you. What's your practice? It's a good question. I mean, I just, <clears throat> I mean, I try to think about what I'm thinking about all the time, which is what we learn to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to just kind of, when I see things going on inside of my brain and I'm trying to pay attention to them to really just sit back and go, okay, like what sentence is playing over and over and over again in my brain that's causing me to either feel or act this way? Yeah, you're more of an internal thinker. Which is what you're doing when you're writing, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you're doing what we call thought download. We're just putting all your thoughts down on paper and really taking the time to look at them. Yeah, I would say a lot of people choose writing. There's some processors who are very internal. You know, you know how you think if that's you, if you take time to think about something. Mm. Um, and then a lot of other people are verbal processors. So maybe you get it out and then someone else helps you dissect and analyze that. I mean, that's what we do as coaches, right? We one-on-one talk to someone and you get, you have a blinder on usually in your mind. Talking about like your last yeah. episode, you know, your perception blinds you to what's, what else is available to you. So sitting with a coach helps them, like when you get it all out, <laughs> yeah. like a word vomit, then they can kind <laughs> of. <laughs> I love that word, word vomit. Yeah. Well, they're out, they're outside of your, they're in your blind spots, right? Yeah. Like you can't see that, but someone outside of you can. So if you're a verbal processor, it's super helpful to have them out there like, hey, so let's take a look at this together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The um, coach is helping you facilitate all that. Where yeah. do you, where does that go? Like when you write all, all of your thoughts down, is that something you revisit later or is that something that eventually gets thrown away? Like just out of curiosity, like where does that go? Like, all like is journals. it going to turn into like a book, like an yeah. internal like book or is it? So Rose, oh, okay. Rose writes a lot of her stuff down and keeps <laughs> it long term. So she has yes. a ton of notebooks. Um, Brooke would teach you to do your thought download and then destroy it. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Cause I mean, some people call it, you know, thought download. Some people call that evidence. Cause if your thought <laughs> pattern's wrong that day and I just happen to turn to page five and go, well, this is interesting. Yeah. Maybe there's some people out in the world you don't want yeah. finding your diary, you know? So, cause so, so for you then the only person that you would show that to would either be like, your coach, who's someone who's helping you navigate through those things, or maybe your spouse sometimes of like, depending on what it is? Um, or? Actually, I have zero shame about my thoughts. Yeah. So for me, if you were to pick it up, even if it was thoughts that I had, you know, pre, I mean, I, every year I'm a different person at this point. Yeah. Every six months almost, I'm like not even recognizing who I am sometimes. And so there's just so much growth going on. It's really when I look back, if you were to pick up like a, oh, let's say six or seven year old diary and you're like, whoa, I called it a diary, but it's just my journal. I know. Mike's like, like, oh, like, dude, what? check volume two out. No. 1997 <laughs> was crazy. She was, she was wild. My, but your <laughs> thoughts are like all over the place all the time. If yeah. I spent any time judging where I was or like even where I'm at right now, if I spent time being ashamed or judging my own thoughts, I wouldn't get anywhere in life. And amen to that, because Sarah will ask me oftentimes, what are you thinking? And it's not that, like, there's two things. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, I just imagined a cat getting hit by a semi. <laughs> well, that's that's the easier version of sometimes my, my thought. But 
you know, for guys, I don't know if you have this, Mike. Do you ever have it where you just truly, your mind is like, duh, and there's like nothing in there? And then maybe does she ever press and go, what do you think about it? And you're like, literally nothing. I call like, those zen moments. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that I do have those moments. I would say also, though, that sometimes what's happening in that moment is I'm not aware of what I'm actually thinking, right? Because there are thoughts going on and you're just not actually paying attention to them. Or I could be thinking about something that I don't really want to tell you what I'm thinking in that moment. <laughs> yeah, because I, I do have times where literally nothing, I, or at least, like I said, I might not be aware, but nothing's on my mind. It's like, and it maybe is a moment that feels like something should be thought of. And I'm like, no, no, actually no. Or my mind will go to like, like I've had moments where as a pastor, I'm doing counseling or meeting someone. And my mind goes, man, I would love a maple bar right now <laughs> and, and then i have to then i have to like focus focus on what this person's saying right now and how can i help them yeah you know with with what i've read and 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 the things in the bible that i can share but sometimes i just have that random like man maple bar see that's the thing though like if you see the thought pop up and you are judging it or you have any shame whatsoever about seeing it come up then it becomes a yeah, problem. Because how far can you go about, man, what am I thinking about my thoughts? Yeah. About the thoughts that I was thinking. Then it's like, <laughs> what? I just <laughs> snap out of it, man. Snap out of it. That's what it feels like. But yeah, that's that's good. So do you come across people that do that, that, that think oh, about their yeah. thoughts and feel judged and then just... Well, like what we're going to teach you, it opens up so much awareness and self-perception that it's very easy once you know how to do it to go back and be like, well, I can't believe I'm thinking this thing and look what that's going to create for my life. And it's like, you're not a robot. Like your brain's not yeah. a machine. You know, you're not supposed to function like hundred percent focus all the time. Now, can you? Yeah, totally. Like, is that a muscle? Is flow a thing? Is focus a thing? Yeah, you can work that muscle, but like it's, you're a human being. Like you're gonna have thoughts. You're supposed yeah. to. So yeah. they, they pop up, but if you just redirect yeah. pretty quick and there's no shame, then they're not an issue anymore. It's just like, oh, I thought of a maple bar and moving on. You know, one of the things when you were talking about writing things down, you're like, is it something you throw away? Maybe people don't want to see it. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot is unconditional love showing up as your genuine and authentic self and things like that. And when you're able to do that and the person that you're with doesn't have like a book for you, like who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to be thinking all the time, <laughs> then them seeing those thoughts isn't as big a deal. Like I yeah. could probably read what Rose writes and it wouldn't bother me at all. Now I respect her privacy and I don't. Yeah. And quite frankly, there's probably some things in there. Sometimes I'd read them and go, oh man, I was a jerk or uh, <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have been that way. Like there's things when we were going through certain uh, times in our marriage where I think, Jesus, I really wish you'd throw that book away. You know, like I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want yeah. you going back and reading those things, reminding yourself of what an idiot I was during that time. You get two slaps and then it was like, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like gets really serious. And they do do doo uh, doo. There I go. And I'm not editing this podcast, but they do. You have a marriage. Pfft. They do the marriage counseling too. They have marriage coaching that they actually um, are going to be the marriage ministry leaders here at Covenant Life Church. If you decide to take a trip from Virginia or Alaska, 
and you come to church here because that's where you're listening from, then um, you, you can meet them in person. But um, back to the thoughts, and because sometimes people will take their thoughts and go, man, I'm a bad person because I had a stupid bad thought. Right. And it's a good mm. thing thoughts are not truth because it's almost like you said a robot. Imagine if I could just be like, tonight's dream's going to feature me and a big bowl of ice cream, and I'm a secret agent <laughs> with a lot of money. That's the dream tonight because you can't control like what your dreams are going to be. Right. Just like your thoughts might be really off the wall. That doesn't mean yeah. you are off the wall. Right. Like you are not your thoughts. Yeah. And that's a really big concept to, to learn. Yeah. Is because we do like, it's like thinking, oh, I failed at this thing and how we make it mean we are a failure. And all of a yeah. sudden it becomes like our identity rather than just something we did. There's a huge separation between your thoughts and who you are as a person, especially if you're a Christ yeah. follower. Yeah. Because God gives you very clear direction on who yeah. you are. And like positive affirmation being good and like as far as like, you know, saying things. Because the power of words over yourself too, like maybe mm-hmm. saying I am this. Did I tell you really quickly about my the mother-daughter conference that, that was at the church? There was a real serious moment. I think it, I think I already shared this on the podcast, but Sarah and Lila, my 10-year-old, they went to a mother-daughter conference here at the church a couple weeks yeah. ago. And there was this really serious moment where the, the kids had to be like, what does the Bible say about your mom? Tell your mom the truth of what God's word says about her. And then freestyle some of what your thoughts are. So there's my daughter, you know, she's half me. So you know what's coming. Oh no! <laughs> but she looked at Sarah and was like, you know, you're, you're a godly mom. You are awesome. You're doing a great job. Then she pulled that thing and you was smart and you was kind <laughs> and you was, and that's the, the half of the daughter I created. That was like a, a proud moment. But the positive affirmation, like you are not your words is so powerful to people to listen to and acknowledge, but also like. So I guess we could dive into like even like now the practical steps of what the people can do that are having those crazy thoughts. You're not alone out there, but here's some tools to. Well, one last thing I, I we're going to talk about capturing your thoughts. It doesn't necessarily, it, it's not controlling your thoughts and you can. Yeah. Eventually see the thought and change your thoughts, but it's not about cat. It's about capturing them, which means you're, those things are going to happen. Like you're going to have those thoughts that maybe you don't want to have and things like that. It's about being aware of them and then capturing them and then doing something with that. So like, especially my thought is that I have a very, I probably have the shortest distance out of anybody I've met between my brain and my mouth. (laughs) And sometimes I'm like, I gotcha. But sometimes there's a yellow light and those things just go from the brain out the mouth. And it's like, you should have done a better job. So you're one of those people when they see a, a yellow light, they punch the gas. They don't hit the brake. I'm the kind of, oh man, I listen, I'm going to say this. I know. <laughs> don't judge me. I was, oh man. Um, <laughs> oh, this is a judgment free podcast. This, yeah, this, this is a, uh, when I see something, it just brings about weird things in my brain. It just, it's who, <laughs> it's just part of like, but anyway, I saw someone, walking um and the sun hit it just right and i was behind them at at college and it was a a bigger person and i was right behind them with my backpack and this this guy was like you know i I walk looking at the ground step by step and he was like i was going up the steps and he's like look up dude and there's a big bottom right in front of me and i don't 
Uh, and then I remember saying, like, my brain, this is the way my brain works. I was like, oh, boom, 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 boom. And I got in trouble. I did that. I know. You're a pa- oh, you said it out loud. You did sang ten- it out loud. Yes, because the thought did not get captured before it hit the mouth. And then, then the, the, the lady turned, and I'm very quick. So I was like, oh, boom. <laughs> I'm like, no, that was not the Aladdin theme song when the elephant came. Like, you know, and I just... That was like one of those things where like I'm not body shaming anybody. I just that was a moment that happened, but the illustration was that my brain and my mouth, I feel that I have a hard time capturing the thoughts before they hit my mouth. That's why when you see my wife when I preach every week, there is that little bit of like that look that says take captive whatever you're about to say right now. And she helps keep me that way. But I don't know if you guys noticed that the the capturing part is there people that have a longer road between their thought and their mouth? And do you think some people do have a shorter route? Oh. Or what does that look like? I mean, 100% there's people who are more apt to sit back and think about what they're going to say before they say it. Yeah, that's um, good. I'm that person. Like, I'm yeah, very slow to say Like, I'm very careful about what I say to people because I've had a very hot tongue in the past. And uh, it's done nothing but get me in trouble. So... I'm way more careful about what I say and think about what I'm going to say and how it's going to impact people and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Probably more so than my beautiful <laughs> spouse. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, more yeah. on your level, John. Um, I like to think that we're just very creative people, but it's yeah. like, you know, uh, I like yeah. to think, too, that I mean, like God gave God gives everybody a card, a, a hand of cards. And some people... Have that card. Like, that's your yeah. lesson. That's your teacher, you know? Like, Michael's that's learned good. it the hard way. Like, maybe you and I are too. Um, but, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. everybody has different cards. But I do want to point out that, like, you might think you have a short one. But but what we're going to be talking about today, like, this can things can seem compulsive. You don't even realize you're thinking something a lot of the time. And then you're ama- automatically feeling it. You're acting out and you're doing something. Yeah. And... You don't even yeah. know that you're thinking it. In fact, yeah. some things can feel uncontrollable. Addictions, this is, yeah. it's an addiction. It's like us yeah. tapping on our phone or going into the refrigerator. We don't even know how yeah. we ended up at McDonald's line. All we know is we're yeah. stuffing fries in our face and we're like, whoa, how did this happen again? But like, you're <laughs> over here like, I, I have know a thought. How they're delicious. How am I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Realizing that you had a thought and then acted out immediately is like, already you're kind of halfway there so yeah. there's hope <laughs> I, just want to I have a better out. illustration let me redeem myself from that <laughs> college age hogwash is that the other thing i do is um if i hear someone in the theater and watch a movie and they have like a weird laugh <laughs> i imitate it immediately i ha- I feel this need to go <laughs> See, and it's not even rude or like if you have an accent like i just came here from india like i find myself going pleasure to meet you you know what i mean I get calls all the time that my car warranty is expired. It doesn't matter where they're from. I I try to match it. Like our insurance for our church is in somewhere in Wisconsin. It has to be. Because she's always going like, well, it's right here, don't you know? And like, yeah, hey. so I don't know if that's a thought thing or more of a reactive thing. Because I, it's the same principle. Like I don't, it's very, very quickly that if I hear you, I'm not dissing you or being rude to you in, in my heart. I just, I I'm maybe addicting, addicted to, to, um, impersonations maybe. Cause I'll, I'll, and you'll notice. And I have, that's where like, like even when we go out to eat and Sarah knows if someone has like a really like unique voice, she gives me that look like, please. 
But why wouldn't this you is an Asian cuisine restaurant? Stop. Why, why wouldn't you want to do that? Because I think that maybe other people's perception they perceive it as, oh man, you're being racist or something. When really I'm like, no, I just like to do impression. You know, I like to. <laughs> but you don't have any control over what their perception is. That's true. Maybe that's why I try to guard against trying so hard not to do it. Because she might say, you know, person. like, don't do that because you're going to hurt yeah. their feelings. They're going to get, you know what I mean? Like, that's being rude. Yeah. They're going to get their feelings hurt, et cetera, et cetera. I know, because is there a person out there that like, man, you just nailed that. Great job. <laughs> I probably would. But I also do the same thing. I got in trouble when I was a kid for doing accents of people. As a matter of fact, one of them was an Indian accent. The teacher called my mother in the ninth grade bawling because I was doing her accent in class all the time. So I'm probably used to be on that exact same level. And now isn't it flattery, right? Isn't it supposed to be like impersonation is like the biggest highest form of flattery. Actually there's research showing that especially if you work in like a call center or you speak to multiple people and you're handling hospitality type issues that as much as you can, you want to match their colloquialisms. No way. And they're speaking tones, not just not just like the way they speak, yeah. but also their tone of voice, um, their verbiage, like their intelligence level, their vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. You want to match that as much as possible because people actually like that better. I found my true service. calling. <laughs> Seriously. I'll get you a I'm job not, at AT&T call center. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you plugged it and unplugged it back in? No, I don't know. There's just... Have you reset matter. your phone yet? <laughs> but I just love doing accents. It's just funny, you know? I don't know. Me too. So back to like, I just thought, okay. and so as far as taking thoughts captive, I didn't know if that was like reactionary thought pattern that happens to me with that shorter tunnel, I feel like you said, like of if it just happens because I'm not thinking, I'm not taking time to think about what I'm about to say, but kind of to your point, I actually vividly remember you saying things like, did you just say that? <laughs> At least five times in our relationship. Which we've known each other for about a year or longer, and mm. I can recall you saying, "Did you really just say that?" Yes. If it's to something me. you want to change, you can. Like you yeah. can. That pause is learned. It's yeah. also it's also um, really helpful whenever you're sitting with desire and you have an urge to do something that you don't want to do. Sitting with urges is super important as opposed to resisting them or giving into them when yeah. we're trying to stop doing something that is not good for us. That's good. Um, so we'll teach you how to do that. So we brought second Corinthians. Yeah. That's a bit, it's a big deal. Um, second Corinthians 10, four through five says for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The Bible instructs us to take every thought captive. And every day we have thousands, you have over 6,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are repetitive. They're learned yeah. from your past. They're like whatever you picked up in Cosmo when you were like 17 or something. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep coming back to the Cosmo reference. Yeah. <laughs> so, Who reads so, Cosmo? No, I don't know. We'll come back to the... <laughs> coming back to the Bible with Rose, Michael, and John. Okay. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Put down that Cosmo. We'll start a... Maybe it's Maybelline commercial <laughs> up in here or something no. like... No, this This would be the Cosmo. The Cosmo says I'm not good enough. I'll never measure up. That was Kermit. That was rather Kermit the Froggy. There. So oh. I was like, "Are we done with the?" Okay. No, we're keeping it positive. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
All right, let's, so, yeah, let's keep going. So you have all these thoughts every day. And when thoughts go unexamined, then they can do a lot of harm. Yeah. yeah do like, you guys help each other? Do you guys go to each other and say, hey, help me out with this, and then give your thought and then ask for advice on the thoughts? Um, do you want to answer that? Mm. Over time, we have gotten much better. I have, right? Because you're the I've been doing it creative one. <laughs> I did the bunny ears creative. There we go. Um, because just as much as he likes to try and fix things that might be wrong, I'm always like, oh, you have a problem? Let's coach on it. You know, like, I know the solution. Let's go. Um, <laughs> whereas that might not be what he wants to do. He doesn't want to fix it. He just wants to express himself. So we're really good with like, hey, what hat do you have on right now? What hat? Do I need to have on for this conversation? Like he, he will literally say, I would like coaching, not, Hey, I just want to express. And that's this. good. And, and I think that's a point that's not masculine or feminine. Cause I have a personality that tries to fix things when my wife just wants to express herself. Mm-hmm. So you use the phrase earlier word vomit, which um, my bucket's very small to handle so much word vomit. But I know people that have a really big bucket. I'm like, call this person. <laughs> they can handle all your vomit and some. And they'll so vomit. I would tell you that you saying <laughs> that your bucket is really small is just a thought. Ooh, that was a thought mm-hmm. that led to my mouth and my mouth saying it. Well, it is a thought that continues to keep you in that place where you don't have the capacity to listen. Like train to myself things. to be more Expand able to not fix you. And try to not resort to it, but try to just listen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I do struggle with it because it's after so much, I'm like, my eye starts twitching. I'm like, just, you know, especially if you feel like you know the answer, then you're like, just, just do this. We're not going to put you on blast here on this. Oh, I was right like, now, not today. We could. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. We don't say that here on the madness show. <laughs> But we could definitely do some coaching on that. I have a small bucket for that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we could put a pin in that and hit that up right, right at the end of this. Come on. Um, so <laughs> back to that. So if you, if you have some thoughts that are creating harm, like that can lead us down a negative cycle where we feel really out of control. When you say thoughts creating harm, it, go into yeah. that. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> well, not like I mean chapter seven but like <laughs> thoughts creating harm are we talking yeah. about depression are we talking about suicidal thoughts are we talking about anger like dude thoughts all of cre- it yeah so like the bible says you know um it says a lot about self-control which is what we're gonna talk about and why this is so important to to take every thought captive is because it creates self-control starting with your mind and the bible i mean there's so much scripture on yeah. bridling your tongue and mm-hmm. wisdom and just so so much stuff around self-control yeah and um, we, <laughs> living with self-control, and Paul describes it as being like a fruit of the spirit, like in the spirit, living yeah. with self-control is liberating. Mm-hmm. It creates freedom yeah. in your life, as opposed to living without self-control, which generally leads us to sin. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's enslavement. Mm-hmm. So you're literally like, in, you're, the things that lead to sin and acting out that way starts with your mind. Yeah. And then the, there's an emotion that consumes your body. Yeah. Or you're resisting an emotion and you take action out of those emotions. And then the end result of the behaviors that you have that really just generated in your head ends up either leading you into sin or doesn't. 
right? It leads you into something Yeah, I wish else. I had a mic drop sound effect because that was so good. That's so powerful. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so, so when we live, and, and the Bible tells you that, it's like, you know, self-control is here for, for you. But our misconception about that, and I think it's a lie from the devil that we do believe, you know, we like buy mm-hmm. into it, that, that self-control it, or quote unquote like discipline. I hate mm. using that word because it's so loaded. People yeah. like there's the connotation that a lot of us have around discipline is that it's hard or um, it's not fun. It's like miserable, you know, <laughs> it's going to require something out of you that you just haven't figured out yet. Or a lot yeah. of people think it's just impossible for them. Yeah. I meet a lot of people that hearing them, they start out with no hope right away. I have no power to take thoughts captive, you know, and that's unfortunate because it is a lie. It's a lie from the enemy that people out there do believe. That's because people think that the world's happening to them and not that they're happening to the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They think everything's affecting them rather than they're affecting it. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us do live our lives as if we are at the effect of everything happening outside of us. Yeah. And so it's so fascinating because the Bible says to resist the devil. <laughs> like Boom. It says tame the flesh. Two, I, to, two totally different things, the yeah, flesh yeah. and the devil, right? But like two totally different things. Well, you can't resist or tame something that you can't see yeah. and that you can't understand. And so that's why it's so, impor- so important to have a practice where you are consistently or having someone else consistently looking at your mind so that you can see what is currently unse- like unknown to you. Yeah. Right. That's and good. that's why we pray for wisdom. Yeah. Um, Lord, give me the eyes to see the things that I don't, you know, like we, yeah. we pray for those things. Well, your thoughts are like driving your entire reality. Why mm-hmm. would you not want to be aware of? Yeah. Them? I mean, that's, and that's perfect. Cause that's exactly building on last week of like perception is reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think about this and I don't really know how much of a play it is in here, but in the Bible, while Jesus is being crucified, he's like, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I heard, Mm. I heard a whole sermon on it about that's actually like a lot of the mental perception that those people, like they didn't understand. And I wish more people would give the opportunity to have that possibility in their mind of like, maybe they just don't know. Cause people do not like what I run into in my short years of even pastoring and getting a lot of interaction with a lot of people daily is that a lot of people don't know how to listen to you, to understand you. Why are you looking at it this way? Like people don't take the time to do that. Yeah. Well, it's hard for you to understand other people when you can't even understand yourself. Boom. So this is what's, so it's kind of like the problem, right? Is like we get, we get yeah. stuck in a sin, we get enslaved to it. We forget our control. We forget our power. Yeah. We forget that we are victorious ahead of time. Like you were victorious before you were even born. You were victorious mm-hmm. generations ago. Yeah. We <laughs> talked about even, that Sunday, like Second Chronicles 220 or something about the battles of the Lord's. Yeah. And when you forget that, you become powerless. When you think, and you think mm. to yourself like, oh, like, I couldn't get it all those times before I tried all the things I tried all the ways I bought all the supplements and did all the diets and like, mm. <laughs> I did everything. <laughs> like you, you, oh, you're like, I did everything. I can, I'm not a disciplined person. It's never going to work. And you literally give up your power. You have convinced yourself that you're powerless. Yeah. This is why it's so important to do this work because it's just not yeah. true. 
I just wish you had these sound effects when you're coaching because as soon as someone says like, don't, don't think I can't buy one of these things. I can't. <laughs> oh, no. We're going <laughs> to. No, more can't. tech for the podcast setup. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I can't. All right. So. So uh, let's, let's get into the tools. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, what did I say last night? Uh, I said every job is hard to do if you don't have the right tools. Like go try to change a tire without a lug wrench and see what happens. Or the yeah. standard kit they give you in the little Toyota Corolla because that didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> that too is almost Sorry. impossible. That was Agreed. a bad experience of a thought that just popped up in my mind. <laughs> Toyota, you owe me at least $196.45. That's for what? That is so much. I just feel like That's the tire. The I'm I'm chasing, you know, uh, emotional damage. The standard jack they put in that car. I was trying to change the tire. That thing <laughs> blew blew out, dude. Restitution. With a Corolla. If if <laughs> if the jack that's provided in there was a noise, it's that. It's the fail button. Could have had a couple of your kids lift that thing up. I've seen a Corolla. Well, my wife and I have a story. So anyway, when that thing happened, this truck driver who didn't speak English, and I said, I waved him down, help me. He puts his back against my car and lifts it. I get the tire on. He leaves huge butt dent on the front of my Toyota Corolla. What is your car made out of? Paper mache. It's made out of butt dents from (laughs) random people who, he was a good Samaritan. What do I do? You help me do the tire, but you also left a big butt dent. So, if you're a truck driver and you were out on 66, I don't know, nine years ago, you owe me 196. Whatever. His signature <laughs> butt dent on your car just made it more valuable, probably. I know. My wife's like, what happened? So, then I had to tell her. That was a, that was a bad day. But anyway, we'll go into what a heavy butt. the tools. Okay, here's the good news. Because we, we were talking about all that sadness earlier. But it's like, hey, here's the good news. Yeah. Sorry, I had your depression that. Yeah. and your anxiety yeah. and your overwhelm and your worry, all that stuff. There's good news, and I don't. I mean, just just and, and like I don't know. I guess as an optimist, you go, man, do you really want that? Like, are there people that you've coached that you just feel like they're just addicted to the worry and 100%. the negative and the a hundred percent? You deal with people who them being in that place is serving them in a way that. If they, do, they didn't have to be there anymore, they wouldn't know what was out there, right? So yeah. it's safer to be where they are now because they know where they are. It's familiar. The, yeah, the idea of being in a better place is almost even scarier to them because it's completely unknown. Damn, Which that's, seems crazy, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. I have. I mean, I had family members that I'm just like, man, this. I don't know. Do you, like when you experience that joy, that's just overwhelming. It's hard to like. Yeah, but you people just, feel like if they never yeah. try, they never fail. What they don't realize is they're failing ahead of time. What's I heard that quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take you don't or something. Take. Yeah. That's Michael Jordan, I believe. Thank you, Mike. You're we welcome. You. Well, both of you. I don't have any money to pay you, Mike, because this is a free podcast. That's not For monetized. For now. If, if the two people in Alaska get all their friends, I'm at least going to have seven people. Possibly more. Let's go. Listen, I feel like Let's I go. know these people from Alaska as much as we, like, I feel like they're close to us. I feel like there's going to be a certain kind of person that would sit down and listen to me for more than 30 minutes. We're going to need a five star and some comments so we know who these people are on 
I need to get the church members to give me better Yelp reviews. Maybe that's blocking some people out there from trying out. Yeah. Listen, Alaska (laughs) hit us up. We got gift baskets. We do. So You are not alone. (laughs) The good news is to all of that, even if you are someone who feels like they're trapped in those emotions most of the time, you already have everything you need. All you need is your brain. It's the thing that got you into this mess, and it's the thing that will get you out. God made you so brilliantly and fearfully and wonderfully that – like you are capable of it. You just don't know how to use it. You don't have the user manual. Is there a way that someone can approach someone in their life that's super addicted to that, even if that person is not ready to change? Is there some kind of nugget that, that those people can give to those people in their life of, of you know, just something to kind of nudge them in a, a healthier direction, even if they're not ready to want it? Yeah. You be the example of that work. Yep. You be the example of it, and you do the work for you first. Yep. Because then, whoever they are, however they show up, it doesn't have the same impact on you. And people ask you questions. They'll be like, what's different about you? Something's different. How are you so happy? Mm-hmm. How, anyway, you want to give us on. an example go, of that? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something I don't know? Oh, I definitely know. <laughs> I mean, the, these tools are probably what, I mean, other than God and the church and the people that were surrounding us, these tools are for sure what saved our marriage and got us to the point that we're at right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even, uh, we definitely would not be here without without these tools. Yeah. 100%. That's awesome. Dude, the anticipation we're building up right now is rich. I know, okay. I know and it's so simple, though. People are going to be like, uh, <laughs> I don't really see how that could possibly get me through all these things. So you want to? do you want to break down the model? No, I don't. Okay. I'd love for you to, though. Okay, I will. Come on, Jedi. All right. So the model is a structure for how the world works. Everything in your life lands in one of five categories. It's either a circumstance, it's a thought, it's a feeling in your body, it's an action you're taking in your behaviors, or it's a result you're getting in your life, right? Because of the actions you take. Yeah. So let's break that down. The first one is a circumstance. And like circumstances are facts. And I mean nitty gritty facts. No opinions here. No adjectives. No stories. <laughs> okay. It's just the cold hard facts that are neutral. They don't have any positive or negative. Is it both external and internal? Well, uh, think about like this, right? The things so you can't control. You came to me and you say, well, my wife and I had an argument. She was really mean to me, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, you'd say, mm, maybe. What exactly did she say? Like if, if another person was standing there, what would they have heard be said? That would be the circumstance. Like that's a fact of what happened. We got in an argument or she was really mean to me isn't a fact, right? That's just your opinion about what happened. So we would say, okay, well, what exactly was said? Yeah. Because if you were there, you'd yeah. be able to also have heard that thing said. If I was there, I'd say, hey, my word vomit bucket's filled. Let me go get another one. Because <laughs> you filled it up already. Another fact <laughs> or an example might be like, it's, it's usually something you can't control, right? A circumstances, um, like the scale. Like well, I guess say, I was thinking about where I was born, who my yeah. parents were, things mm. that I had no control. So when I think of circumstance, I guess what immediately went in my brain was all those things like, you know, 
Yeah, my parents did for a living what they. That That is a great thing. I mean, because you could say like I have bad, like I had bad parents, or my parents didn't raise me right. You know, those types. Those are actually all opinions about your parents. Yeah, yeah. So, like the fact would just be mother, or yeah, um, a really one we coach on a lot is money. Right. Mm. So like your money mm. thoughts and money in your life. Oh, yeah. And so or sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So she coached me on money today. I did. Actually, he did. He came and asked for coaching. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so you, you might have like, let's say one hundred and ten dollars is in the bank account. Like one ten is your circumstance. There, that's just a fact. It has yeah. no positive or neg- negative connotation. It's neutral. OK. Thoughts are those sentences that run through your mind. If you're John, it might be a picture of a cat getting hit by a semi. I have novels happening all the time. <laughs> so what's fascinating is like a thought really is you writing. It's like you are the author of your life, right? You're creating your own reality. So yeah. you're, you're literally like, imagine yourself sitting behind a typewriter. Like you're creating these thoughts in your mind. So a lot of them are repeat like we talked about. But thoughts yeah. are just one sentence running through your mind about the circumstance. And any thought you're having generally creates an emotion in your body, a feeling. Now, we're really good at avoiding negative feelings. We try and, like, get past it as quickly as we can. So you might see 110 as your circumstance, and you have a thought that what? What's your thought about $110? That's not enough? Depends on who you are. Correct. So what, like, your thought might be, like, that's not enough money. We're not going to make it or something. And the feeling is... yeah scarcity in your body but we're very quick to like get away from the scarcity and go do something to relieve it we want to avoid it generally yeah we rarely sit with the emotions but there's always an emotion that's happening in the body so yeah out of that emotion we go take action we either try to like i said avoid it like we stick our head in the sand we go distract ourselves with something else we might go spend the $110 we have so we can create a little feeling of abundance for ourselves. This is couples with joint checking. Okay. That's <laughs> so I got those alerts. Did you just spend $6.99 on a coffee? Ooh. Just kidding. Yeah. But I, see, my, in my way my brain works is like, um, sample, my wife go, how was your day? Well, are you, like church-wise, like mental health-wise, like emotionally, like with somebody, like... Pick a category. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how my brain goes. So they go, you know, what are the thoughts? Then it's like, okay, well, what bank are we at? 110. And is something coming out? Something going in? Like, I just have all the thoughts about that. So if we were going to coach you, though, we would pick a thought, and then we'd work from there. Yeah. Or like the first one maybe that pops in the brain. Yeah, most of the time you know, um, most of the time you know if something is causing suffering or pain for you. Yeah. Yeah. So out of the feeling that you have, you take action and that's what shows, that's how you show up in your behavior in life. You might be snippy with your spouse because you're like irritated about the finances, right? You are very conscious yeah, 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 of yeah. their six ninety nine latte all of a sudden. <laughs> Whereas before you would be like, ah, oh, no big deal. You know, like whatever coffee, love it. And then like, it's no big deal. Cause we had one seventeen in there. <laughs> now we have one ten, and that's good. That's a good. <laughs> We're still safe. Um, and then the end result of you thinking like that's not enough is actually you create less out yeah. of those habits. You're not creating more because you're not focused on the finances, right? In a different yeah. way, you're trying to avoid them. You're actually going out and overspending 
and creating more debt or slash like less yeah, money yeah. in your bank account. And so Student you end loans. up, you end up like proving yourself right because your brain is so brilliant that what it thinks and what it believes you go out and make it happen. Yeah. It's, it's efficient. Your brain is like, um, the human brain is designed to stay alive. No, no surprises there. Um, yeah. and it likes to survive and to do that, it avoids pain, whether it's physical or emotional. It seeks no. pleasure and pleasure comes in so many hyper available forms nowadays. Yeah. Whether it's a hit of dopamine from connection on social media or it's sugar so from cookies. From a six ninety nine sugar, salt, <laughs> coffee, energy drinks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I was from the six ninety nine coffee readily, that you bought. Yeah, everything is so readily available. No, yeah. literally everything. <laughs> like, it makes me wonder how it affects our generation versus like compare it to someone in the thirteen hundreds, twelve hundreds. You know, and by, and all that. Like well, a, back in the day, I mean, you did the same thing. You, but they had more physical. Yeah. Like, um, let's say, like they they had more risk for physical pain, and so that there they would like say cold, for example, they yeah. would be seeking to keep warm. That would be the dopamine hit. We need to find fire, right? But that's how yeah. we evolved. It kept us alive. Well, in in our advanced society, we have evolved so quickly. Our brain has not kept up. I picture a caveman looking at a kid on their cell phone go, and going, you you advanced? <laughs> you look like a dummy. <laughs> you really think a caveman said advanced? <laughs> you better? Question mark? Something like that. It depends on the it depends on the era. The caveman would be like, you're about to get eaten by the saber-toothed tiger outside this cave. Get off your iPhone for 10 hours. <laughs> See, now I just went Asian. Why I can't, is he what, Japanese? What why is your caveman Japanese, and why do they have a spoken language? Let's just... Hey, thoughts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I hate Rice Box Express yesterday. That's where I got the Asian accent. Caveman, I was just thinking, just of, well, maybe Adam... I believe in Adam and Eve. I guess if you believed in like, you know, I don't know. Now I'm thinking of Flintstones. <laughs> Listen, Neanderthals. Flintstones, Fred. Now I'm thinking Freddy. Whatever, you know what I mean? It just never ended. Neanderthals, they've determined where they did communicate. So they had verbal language. Huh? I know. Uh-huh. Like you said, the tools, the mental tools. I think a tool time. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I still feel like they could have an Asian accent. Who knows? You know, you might be right on with that. Why you no think so smart? Just kidding. <laughs> I don't think that the two people that listen to my podcast in Alaska are Asian. I'm just taking a wild stab at that. Don't know. Mm, but maybe. if they are, I love everybody. Yeah. Back to the thoughts. So because you're avoiding pain and seeking pleasure and your brain is designed to do it efficiently. Yeah. Anytime you have any type of negative emotion nowadays, because we're not really in physical danger most of the time, yeah. um, it still thinks it's going to die if it's in any type of emotional danger. So it goes to work seeking pleasure and dopamine, serotonin, all of the lovely endorphins. Yeah. And anytime, because your brain's so efficient, anytime you get that, it says, yo, cupcake solved all of our problems about feeling lonely. That's where we're going to go. Let's do it. Get more cupcakes. But then you see that little <laughs> vicious cycle. That's good. Because your brain's yeah. like, it's you're creating neurological pathways in your mind, building around the belief that like, hey, if we are going to experience or we think we're going to experience loneliness, cupcake is the answer. Go get the cupcake. 
you do it again and again and again, it relieves it yeah. temporarily, but then the end result you're getting is weight gain and you don't want that. That's when it's really helpful to bust out your feelings and put them through the model. If my result is I'm overweight and in my action line, like in my behaviors, I'm overeating sugar. You really want to ask yourself like, what am I thinking right before I get a hankering or have desire for the cupcake? Right. Yeah. What am I, what am I thinking after? For me, it, I take it back to that maple bar thought. You Do know. you feel like you overeat, John? I, oh, I just, when you say cupcake, I immediately went maple bar. <laughs> maple bar is my favorite. All right. But if I ever see Mike sitting alone in his truck eating a cupcake sobbing, I'll know what's up. I'll know that you've coached him. <laughs> I guarantee you'll never see me eating a maple bar. What about a cupcake? 100%. Exactly. Yeah. So the way that you use the model here is you can, you know, if there's a result in your life that you have right now, I want you to like see that your thoughts do create your feelings and that drives the way you act. And then your end result proves your thought. You go to work providing evidence for your thought. Yeah. And then because you have so much evidence, it's like you're like your own, um, it's like your own attorney. You're like your own prosecutor. <laughs> so yeah. you have like this case file of all this historical evidence that you have created in your life of why it's true, that thought that you have. So you have all this evidence to prove yeah. that. You see? I thought about all the receipts and debit card statements that said Claudia's Bakery, 12-pack of cupcakes, <laughs> this many cupcakes. Like, the, the evidence. But I do, when you were talking about that, this model, like, what do you guys look for in coaches? Like, when we talk about taking thoughts captive, like, do people come to you with a circumstance, a thought, a feeling, and is it all of them? Or is it you look for a specific, like, let's start from the result and let's work our way backwards? Or do you start from, like, mm. hey, they came to you feeling depressed. Let's attack that starting here. Or I came to you because I'm doing this action. Like, where do you people come to you on that? Or if all of them? Or I mean, a lot of times you just let people do the word vomit, right? Because you're going to say to them, what would you like coaching on today? And then they're going to just start <laughs> Yeah, they're just going to yeah, start talking that. to you. <clears throat> and as they're doing that, we're taking notes mentally and probably on a piece of paper and picking out the things that are that stand out to us. And then really you just you pick a spot and go from there. And a lot of times that's going to be the circumstance or it's going to be the thought or it's going to be the feeling like I'm feeling sad today and they're going through all these things and you're like, okay, sad. And then you're working from there. Yeah, what's causing your sadness? We ask a lot of questions, right? Because as coaches, we hold the space for, it's just, we hold the space for no judgment. All that's there is unconditional love. We don't know what you should be doing. We don't know what decisions you should be making. You know, we're just here to illuminate for you what options are actually available to you. And you yeah. do that for yourself, right? So it's like, you can choose, like, we don't know what's right or wrong. You know, like people come and they want answers, but it's like, no, man, like you have all the answers. We're going to show you how to find that for yourself all the time for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. I had a strange thought. That's kind of like benevolence, you know, like at church. Like, I don't want to just give you $20. I want to teach you how to fish so that you're able to then bless other people. It's kind of like the same thing in their thought life. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. So we teach how to self-coach. And one of the ways you can self-coach without having someone like sitting across from you is to write all this down. Like write just a paragraph. I usually give myself a five minute timer. I don't want to set any crazy standard for myself that I won't sit down and commit to. Like if I tell myself, oh, I'm going to write for 20 minutes. Believe it or not, my brain likes to think that 20 minutes is a super long time. 
<laughs> so I'm like, let's start at two, you know, like baseline two minutes. So, but then when you're two minutes in, you're like, ah, okay, I can keep going. Right. So I just dump out a little paragraph, um, of what's just on my mind. And then I take a highlighter and I go through and I ask myself, is that a fact or is that a thought sentence by sentence? And because you know what the difference are between facts yeah. and thoughts now, you can be like, oh, that's my opinion. And what a great like practical tool. But I feel like even some people that have that ability to do that all in their head. Yeah, totally. You know, almost of like, I'm a th- I'm, let me think, let me re- rewind, you know. <laughs> I was trying to hit the stupid <laughs> button. Just work for me button. But yeah, you rewind your mind and go, okay, which one? I, I guess I do that. Just not on paper, but I will rewind my thoughts and go, is that the truth? Yeah. I mean, people think differently. Right, like some people yeah. think in images, other think people think in words. Some people like to write it out, like we talked about earlier. They process differently. There is a thing called written cognition, where getting your mind out on paper it stops it from being something you're blind to to something you can literally see, like a puzzle that I you gotcha. can now put yeah, together yeah. and move around. Gotcha. Um, so that's why it's so helpful to illuminate what's happening. Um, yeah. So, whenever I find. I just go through and I highlight those things. Generally, one of those thoughts is creating an actual, like it's activating an emotion in me that I want to pay attention to. So if I read the thought like, I'm really afraid that I'm not going to get this job or I don't think I have what it takes. That thought, I don't think I have what it takes. I'll plug it into the model down below and I'll just be like, circumstance, thought, feeling, actions, result. And I'll plug it in. I'll be like, okay, my thought is, I don't think I have what it takes. The situation that's happening that is totally neutral is applying for a job. Yeah. Right? And then my feeling, I don't think I have what it takes. It's like, how does that make you feel when you think that? Like what? Like you're about to word vomit and regular vomit? Inadequate? Yeah. Yeah. Inferior? Yeah. Sub-par. And you maybe you start thinking about the, about the people that you think maybe would be better than you. Yeah, it ties you all start in. Comparing right? Yourself. Like you start, yeah, out yeah. of that thought. You so maybe that goes in your action line. Like when I feel inferior, what do I do? I start comparing myself to people I think are better. I don't know them. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know, you? I don't know how they're showing up. But like I, I compare myself. Yeah. Right. I hide. Maybe. So sad. I'm what not. else do you do? That was very sultry, very smooth. (laughs) Like I don't show up with my best self to the application or the interview process because I'm constantly thinking that I'm probably not going to get it anyway. So like, I'm like failing in advance, right? Which is so important to take the thought captive or else you will go in and you probably will fail because you went in already with this bad. But let's flip it. Like you applied for a job. Well, what's a better thought? Right. Like what's, what's, well, that we all know that like, well, in your action line, I might also just be like in action. I don't do anything because I already think I'm not going to get it. I don't do anything. Right. So then the result is I don't get it. And I prove myself right. Flipping it. And that and just knowing that I want you to, I want people to hear this. Just yeah. seeing how we show up from our own thoughts is like fog in the sunshine. It dissipates out of clarity. Yeah. So like your self-awareness will actually, you, you were asking earlier, like what's, where's the pause? Well, you can't unsee what you have seen. There's your pause. 
because the, the moment you're, you're starting to see that thought happen more and more frequently, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Even if you just did the thing you didn't want to do, you're like, whoa, I just had that thought. And every time you get better and better at noticing it and it starts yeah. to lose its power because you realize that was just a thought. It was just a, a suggestion my brain came up with. I didn't have to act out on it. Yeah. And you're like, nice try, brain. Exactly. I hug my brain all the time. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. You were just afraid. It's fine. We're going to go do the thing. We're going to be a sound fine. effect for that? No, I just think <laughs> like <laughs> my. What's that sound like? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. I was thinking about like uh, if I didn't get the job, I'm like, fine, this job sucked anyway. I'm going to get a better job and it's going to pay more. That's kind of like in the job situation. Like I didn't get it. Yeah. I thought about me reacting to like you're probably a horrible boss. I don't know. I was just thinking about the things that I might like. You didn't even apply. <laughs> I don't even like this gas station. It's because my mom told me to get off the couch. I don't know. I'm 30. Okay, I'm done. But you know what I mean? But like, like I What just, happens when you go apply for another job? I don't put that one down as a reference. That's for sure. I go, don't <laughs> don't contact him for a character reference. Um, the same thought know. pops up though. Yeah. Like that's what happens, right? We put ourselves in the same circumstance. Our brain immediately yeah. goes to its like um, default. Oh yeah, and then you 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 give yourself false results. Like, well, here's my track record. Oh, based on my bad thinking. Well, and then we totally blame everything else for why we're not applying or showing up. Yeah, and then it's the application's fault. Right. You shouldn't have asked me that. Yeah. Why would you need a background check anyway, Mike? <laughs> 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 so flip. So what? Do you, the thing is, like, like. How do you want to show up, right? Because that becomes the next question. When you see how you are showing up and why, and you're like, oh, it's me. Like, there, it, listen, it's hard. Taking responsibility for your own mind and your results you're getting instead of blaming the rest of the world or other people, whoa. That responsibility yeah. kind of sucks. Which, of course, that's why we, like, want to keep blaming, right? But once you take ownership, the whole world opens up to you. Yeah. Because then suddenly you're not at the effect of whatever is happening. Anything could happen in the world, John. And you would be like, I got this. Like I can, I can think about it the way I want. Right. Yeah. So Michael, do you want to do like an, in, that's called an unintentional model. What we just talked about. Cause you don't, <laughs> that was me. That, that's my thought process. Like I'm yeet till I die. I just, you know, I'm just, a, I don't know. And I wasn't always that way. You know, I wasn't always like joyful and optimistic in a sense, you know, what you're talking about yet last episode. Where did you get that? Where I get what? Being more joyful and optimistic and stuff. My first thought was learning how to break dance. I don't know why. Eighth grade is when I learned how to break dance. Maybe because I felt like that added value or you know, more purpose at that time. I got my first girlfriend and I was like, <laughs> I don't need a job anymore. <laughs> I just kidding. I was eighth grade. I should go pay your bills. <laughs> I'm not shoveling in the snow anymore. I got a girlfriend and I can break dance. I, I, I don't know. That's probably the limit to my brain capacity, which they say is not fully developed till you're 25 or whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not shoveling in the snow anymore. I, I always I break dance and I have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's a Forrest Gump story without the ping pong and getting shot and stuff. <laughs> Almost got shot once, but. That was that's probably from bad. That was that short road from brain to mouth. Got in trouble. That's gotten a lot of people shot. Uh, oh, that's the <laughs> truth right there. I mean, I'm just saying. This is why I don't shop at Walmart past midnight. So what would your intentional model be? 
<laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I could just see you in Walmart, like practicing your uh, your lines, like in the freezer aisle. <laughs> Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. Let's bring it back. Don't put it past me. I might, you know. Focus, focus, focus. Yeah, try out this new sermon. You want to listen? I don't know. <laughs> They're preaching to the broccoli. Because <laughs> celery wasn't happening. The veggie tails in there. Like cauliflower perk up. You are just. I mean, okay. that's how evangelism was in the Bible, right? I'm just like standing out in the fruit market. I was like, hey, you want me to buy you some broccoli? And listen to the sermon. Boom. Just like that. Yeah. I, I would. Anyway, okay, moving. Fill a need. Fill a need. See a need. Fill a need. <laughs> See a need. Fill a need. There you go. All right. So, what you were going to do a different talk about a different model or a well, different I was just way to say? I mean, it? we would call that an unintentional model, right? Like applying for the job, um, having unintentionally having that thought. You know, I'm not good enough. Or what was the thought? I'm so sorry. It's like sabotaging yourself. Um, but, I don't oh, think you I'm said get it. yeah. Like I don't think yeah. I'm going to get it. Yeah, I'm yeah, I don't think I I'm going to get it. Get it. Yeah. Um, and you have all those unintentional. You have that feeling and all those actions and stuff. So, one of the things we would help people do is. Well, maybe in that moment, they can't get to that optimal place, right? Like they're not yeah. going to believe that optimal thing. So we try to help them find a thought around that situation that would be more believable for them and that would help better serve them to get to where they want to be. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like so, a, a more useful thought. So what would be a, a more useful thought for you on applying for Do that Do you ever job? like hit the hammer? Like... um like Brian Lund? Well, like sometimes like it's really nice to go. Now, is that a is that a helpful thought? Do you ever go, your thought sucks, dude? That, mm. thought, that thought sucks. Do you I ever like, say I don't know. That. <laughs> that thought was not good. No, because remember mm, how don't we don't know. shame thoughts? Like there's nothing wrong with anybody's brain. That thought. Smack that thought. <laughs> I don't know. Now, you might tell them like, well, Maybe you, know, you could say, you know, tough you, love. you could smack that thought down. You don't have to think like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. You <laughs> do that. No, you'd totally, totally be like, this is optional. Yeah. Did you know? Because listen, your thoughts feel so true. They feel like that's yeah. the truth of the world. So it's really, um, it's really important that you understand and that you see that the circumstances are actually yeah. separate from what you're thinking about them, that that's your story, yeah. that that's your interpretation and it's up for, Revision and all then the time. if you take it as truth, then you want to play this game like no one sees the truth except for me because I'm the only one looking at this perception the way I want to look at. It. No one understands the truth. Yeah. I mean, for sure, you do have clients that are going to be yeah. like that, right? Like or, they're so stuck in that story. And how do you metaphorically story. just, you know, give them the truth without being negative? <laughs> well, that's Lots why we questions. yeah we ask questions. Yeah, the idea isn't to like tell somebody that they're again like because we don't know if that thought's something that's serving them or not. Like yeah. it could be actually serving them in their life or they like the reasons for keeping that thought. Like you don't want to be happy about certain things that happen in the world. Have you ever off the record, but recorded on this podcast for all the people, <laughs> have you, have you ever just like in the middle of coaching or something, just, just stop that thought. Wake mm. up sister just or brother. Stop it. Just, <laughs> I asked my wife something. And if you're from our church, you probably think this is funny because you are not your thoughts. We already clarified this. You are not your sin. We talked about this Sunday. You are not those things. So I asked my wife as a pastor, I'm like, Sarah, right now. And it was like the pillow talk for you. I'm like, hey, is there anyone in the church right now that you just look square in the eyes and go, would you just shut up? She didn't answer the question. 
She's so sweet. Because she's wise. She's wise. I'm about to say she definitely had somebody in her brain. She just didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was there. You don't know that. I'm like, is it me, Sarah? Is it me? No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> mm, for sure, sometimes. <laughs> just, just curious. No, but I mean, what we do is, I mean, Rose talked about this earlier, but, you know, we have to clean up our thoughts and we have to hold the space for the client, you know, because, yeah, it's re- getting in the pool with the client, right? Because... <clears throat> Because you can't save them when you're in it. Well, you may identify with some of the things, you know, like um, one of the things that we coach on is like post-affair recovery. And Rose and I have experienced that, um, me having had an affair and and getting past that. But, of course, when you're talking to people that are in that, in the moment, it's really hard to put that aside for yourself and like what you went through and your opinions about those things and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I like really how you said clean your thoughts. That was like. That's a good way to yeah. put that. Yeah, you really have to practice that though to to not be opinionated in what you think they should or should not be doing or thinking or mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So, or even to say your mind is such a good problem solver, which is why when we give it a problem, we're like, "What's wrong with my day?" It goes to work showing you all the reasons that your day is wrong. You know, like it's a problem solver. It's a yeah. it's an actual processor, not like a storage unit or anything like that. It's a processor. So. When you're in a coaching session with someone, it's really your brain was like, oh, I recognize that what they just said. That reminds me of some other client I had. And I know what the solution was there. And that's probably the solution here. That's your brain's automatic default. Yeah. So you have to be really like aware of yourself Mm. to be like, I don't know if that's actually their problem or their solution, only they can know that we're just going to go in with curiosity. So curiosity is a huge one. Like we clean up our minds to go in with just curiosity and love. I guess I kind of do the same thing in pastoring. Like, tell me more. You know, tell me more. So I can understand more fully. Or, you know, because like you said, there's not like a one size fits all necessarily on some things, but just. Most things. Yeah. So, so then, you know, while we're in a session, if it comes to this like intentional model, the questions that you would really ask yourself is like, how, I know how I'm feeling, which for that example was inferior. How do I want to feel? applying for a job? How do I want to feel about the money I have in my bank account? How do I want to feel about the number on the scale? Like you can ask yourself, and then if I felt that way, how would I be showing up in life? Like if I was at peace about the number on the Mm. scale, or I was like feeling loving towards my estranged son or daughter, like if I was, if I was feeling love instead of disconnection or anger or something like that, how would I be showing up? And then you have like a list of actions of kind of what you would be doing and then what the result of that would be. And then you can go back and be like, well, what would I need to be thinking to feel love in my body? What would I need to be thinking to feel adequate for this job interview? What would I need to be thinking to feel abundant with 110? Like it's enough, it's sufficient, right? Yeah. And then you can start practicing that thought. I, t- I, s- I talk about it like putting it in your back pocket, like put do it on a card. Do, do, you, do you ever say like, with the job, and they're like, yeah, man, I want to go be, like, a doctor. Do you guys ever say, aim lower? <laughs> <laughs> There's a higher probability of you getting that job. Dude, <laughs> Is no. There- <laughs> no. What if someone in your past had said, like, John, before you became all joyful and optimistic? Eighth grade, yeah. Seventh yes. grade. Did you hear my John accent come out? Mm. Yeah. Mm. What is my accent? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> That's pretty good. You guys are so cute. 
<laughs> so it's like my brother goes, "Oh, look at me, I'm John." Uh. That's his impression of me. Yeah, you don't sound like that. Shout out, Josh. <laughs> we love you, Josh. Oh, oh look at me, I'm Josh. Look at me. Oh. Okay, I had to get him back. You probably <laughs> won't listen anyway. So, ha, Josh. There's only $110 in your bank account. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> you might want to get a job that pays more than 110. Maybe we should use the scale for 110. That's probably like a <laughs> better <laughs> target. Here's the thing, though. Like, anyway, so seventh grade, John. What would I? First off, I wouldn't even consider the thought but like <laughs> you should aim lower but is like, there a nice way to say that like that's a great aspiration and you might get there in time for mm, now it'd be more like um <laughs> what would you what would it be like mike <laughs> sorry we had sorry. an unexpected visitor um you, you know you'd be more like trying to um help them find thoughts and actions that would help get them closer to that goal. Like yeah. if their goal was their final result was, I want to be a doctor, like be a doctor. Then you would have to find all the things, like what would I need to be thinking right now? If I was already a doctor, like what would I be thinking? Like, if I need a job right now. No, you got to think from your future self, right? We so have a, we have a process for goal planning. And that would, that's what oh, you okay, would go okay. through for that. Yeah. But here's the thing, like the idea. I, I, I'm guilty. I have maybe not that phrasing <laughs> had said something like, why don't you aim lower? What? Maybe it was dating. I don't know. Maybe I'm like, Probably you just going to have to work on that bucket of yours. I'm like, maybe just aim lower. So then you won't get the mess all over the bucket. It'll be in the bucket. Here's I'll the send thing. you a link to sign up for coaching right after this. I think people's capacity. That's what I'm doing for... now. I'm just, I, I got you guys in here to get a free session. I'm writing all this down in my brain. <laughs> People's capacity for growth is grossly underestimated. Yeah. Like grossly, not just by other people, but like by themselves, right? Like we grossly underestimate what we're capable of. There's another quote. I don't know who said it. Probably MJ again. But it said, if you did what you were capable of, you would literally astound yourself. And everybody else. And everybody else. Yeah. Like, so when someone comes to you and you, your automatic thought is like, Bro. Aim lower. Yeah, I don't know what this is for you. You know, like, I don't know. You know, like, that's not the truth, though, because you no. can't possibly know what they're actually capable of, especially when we talk about biblically, like God's calling yeah. on their life. Yeah, and I've oh, said aim man. higher as well. I want yeah. to put that out there because if you're believing those false thoughts about I'm not adequate, I'm all that, then I find myself going, man, aim higher because you are. But that's you know. because of what you perceive their potential to be in this moment. You yeah, but in all fairness, in we all have that, right? Yeah. Somebody's going to come to you and say something. You're going to look at them and be like, <laughs> that that's probably not right. But then Mike would turn me to go, but if you're coaching, did you say that? But if you're coaching, right? I mean, in, in a coaching situation, you would never say that. No, I do a lot yeah. of work. And you work. would do your very best to yeah. not think that. Oh, because man. then you yeah. wouldn't coach from a good place for them. Outside of my sessions, I do a lot of work sitting in belief for my clients. I'm constantly like in the shower. I'm like, what do they need? What's, how can I show up to be the most valuable to them? Because I want to be able to hold the space for them to see their full potential. And if I can't sell them on their full potential and yeah. I sell myself on it, what hope do they have? Right? Like, it's like, I'm here to hold the belief for them. Yeah, and I can't put a good. limit on that because I don't know, yeah. like even the lowest of people God used them to amazing yeah. capacity yeah, and to like phenomenal, miraculous capacity. And it's like, who am I <laughs> to sit mm, here and say yeah. what they're capable of? Right, right. Anyway. I mean, Moses had a stutter, right? Well. Aim, lo aim, 
Aim lower, Moses. No, <laughs> can't do that. I think he had some insecurities. <clears throat> Later on in the New Testament, anyway, it's a whole. Doesn't talk about mind. him having. He, um, yeah, they, they, a actually, lot of a lot of. Well, I mean, it just depends what commentary you're listening to. But missing, people believe he had some kind of something with his speech or something. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. That would have made it difficult for him, yeah. so he didn't feel confident. Maybe it was a lisp. Maybe a lisp. That's a good like, lisp. Because I don't take people the braces serious. are open. If you came in here, and you're like. Hey, please let my people go. I probably would like, I'm keeping them. Get out of here, Lisp. <laughs> Aim lower. I'll let one person go, and it's because they're making all the other people mad. You can have that one back. Uh, I think there's some New Testament stuff about him. I uh, I might be wrong on this. It was James, um, who said that he was a great speaker and orator. And so there's been some discussion, you know, just opinions, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, commentation on the fact that he actually may have been self-assessing and it was just his insecurity speaking Mm. and that God was so graceful and so merciful (laughs) to give him, you know, well, stutters may be good because some of y'all need to hear something twice before you get it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even (laughs) breaking news. I just like making Mike laugh. It's part of my goal in life. We're um, both a pretty easy laugh. If you oh, no, that's don't not say true. That, that is not. <laughs> oh, sorry, bro, that's sorry, not sorry. true. I know you enough to go. That's not true. You need to aim higher. I can be. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could be a little serious. That's true. Yeah, because I feel like I've heard you give a laugh. that's not a real true laugh. It's just kind of like, ah, ha, ha. you know. I don't know. People. Yeah. Listen, I know when it's real. All I got to say is if any of y'all are in Texas listening, this is our pastor, and you definitely need to come hear him preach. Just come on down. It's this fun all the time. Buy a trip from Alaska and come on down. Well, there are times where I'm preaching. I'll think of an instant joke. No one will get it except for like Austin, Wallace, and one other person. They'll laugh. Everyone else is going, huh? And then I'll move on. But I do like doing jokes that I'll be talking to someone. I know no one else gets it in the room except for that one person because it's an inside joke. And I know if I say it at the right time, then they'll be like, Oh, I see what you did there. And then uh, it'll be like a beautiful moment and stuff. But. See, creative. Well, if you ever give up pastoring, we know what you'll be doing. Stand Working up. at a gas station no. <laughs> with no. 110 in my bank account. No. With an attitude that says, you know what? I can I, do better. <laughs> I can do better. <laughs> oh, that's good. So my wife's there. You was smart, John. You was kind. You was loving. <laughs> you was funny. And that's a top quality of the GQ magazine. See, tied it all together there. <laughs> well, now that we did that. I know. It's getting that time. Um, but, man, I think that uh, people are really going to listen to this, um, at least from those two states and beyond, and think of the practical nuggets of taking thoughts captive because it's true. You can take thoughts captive. You can capture them. And then as people re-listen to this through the circumstance, thoughts, feeling, action, results, and kind of going through that and just asking those honest questions to themselves to really see where they're at and know that like you could go from, and I'm sure you guys have seen a lot more than I have about people that may have started like very just negative and stuff. And then through coaching and taking these practical steps, a completely different person. Yeah. Your brain is plastic, right? You've probably heard that. Like you can redesign your brain literally physically. It fires neurons off into neurological pathways. When you stop feeding neurons, energy into certain belief systems because every time you think a thought it fires neurons and energy 
when you stop doing that, you can starve old beliefs and you can fire off new ones to create new beliefs. I feel like I got a machine gun. (laughs) Thoughts. Thoughts for days. Yeah, but you know what? All thoughts lead to Rome, right? It's like, it's like, I describe it as a Jenga. I don't know if anybody plays Jenga, but like. No, that's, 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 that's current. Like a tower. It's like once you work on five or six thoughts or so, and you kind of clean that stuff up and you have awareness about it. It just crumbles a belief system that you had about yourself for years and years and years, maybe since you were a child or something you believe that your parents said and you spoke that over yourself long enough that you believed it about you. You can crumble those things and it happens yeah. so quickly sometimes. Powerful. Very yeah. powerful. Yeah. And when it comes to control of oneself, th- because that's what you're doing, then all of a sudden you're experiencing the liberty we talked about rather than enslavement to the things outside of you. Now you have liberty and no matter what happens outside of you, you have all these thoughts that you have decided on purpose, intentionally, hopefully believing the things that God says about you. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Mike, any last words? Yeah. If you want coaching, you should uh, find Rose on Rose Watson Coaching on Instagram. Thank That's you. my final word. You should definitely hit I like up. how you didn't say michaelwatson.com. Well played. <laughs> when I said any last words, I'm going to say this button. Any last words? This has been the greatest elevator ride of my life. I don't know about you guys. We've had our ups and downs. hey <laughs> That's a dad joke. We might have actually got stuck. Uh, has anybody called the fire department? Um, well, I mean, Peggy came in to check on us. <laughs> she sure did. Peggy's my lovely assistant. Um, so official. Very valuable because she spent time with Jesus. And... Um, just getting terrible. I don't know if she has the technological savvy to get on this and listen to it to get mad at me. So that's good. Aim higher. Aim higher. Um, Rose, last words? Oh, wow. That feels so final. Um. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what do I do now? He already (laughs) plugged my Instagram. Any last words? Um, I'm also, I have a, a business teaching women how to cut back on things that hurt them. So overspending, just overing all the things, mm-hmm. um, overspending, over drinking, overeating, overworking, over self-criticizing. Um, and you can find that information at howtocutback.com. And we are, we are uh, fully transitioning in the next couple of months to post a fair healing for the woman who stayed. I exclusively work with women who decided to stay in their marriages after their husband had an affair and help them, um, build a better marriage and heal themselves. So that's a, <laughs> it's a pretty specific thing, but if there's anybody out there. It reminds me of like Liam that. Neeson. I got a very special set of skills. It's true. I do. Ladies, we will find you. and We will coach you. And we, and we will, will heal. help you stay. Yes. And we will, will heal your you marriages. Stay. Yeah. You want to do some voiceovers? Stay. Stay. <laughs> In a world <laughs> filled with adventure. <laughs> Are you tired of hurting? <laughs> I just find I I do want to do a commercial with you guys sometimes, but it sounds like uh, I do want to pray. I, I want to pray over every single episode and just pray that. Uh, so let's just pray, Father God. I thank you in in the name of Jesus for those listening. I thank you for the tools. I thank you that your Spirit would just keep revealing the power of your Word and what you say about us that we know to be true, and that we live by truth, not by false thoughts, false emotions, false results, anything that the enemy is trying to lie and to steal, kill, and destroy, we just come against it with the truth of God's word and who we are. And uh, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. 
Well, it looks like our elevator stopped. Sorry, guys. We just reached the 1,647th floor. It's time to get off. It's been a great time. And we'll be back with uh, Rose and Mike. We're going to do a marriage episode at some point. But for now, take care. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you, Alaska. Thanks for having us.